Hi, how are you guys doing today? This is Muscle and this is the Entertainment Report Podcast. Today we have a very special guest with us today. He's Toronto's own. He's been in the business for over 20 years as a DJ. He's toured the entire world playing reggae music as a DJ. He played in some of the biggest clubs. I'm talking about government, cool house, sound academy, home nightclub, circa, you name it. He played in it and not only played, he promoted some of the biggest parties in the club. Right now, we have with us the one, the only, white boy. (laughs) What up, boy? (laughs) How are you doing, brother? Uh, Surviving. It's freezing outside, but you know. It's Canada outside. That's it. It is. You know what I mean? I'm still not used to it. The the funny thing with it, we are both born here. Yeah. And it's still, it doesn't get any easier. No, not at all. You know what I mean? So it's... You think it would, but it doesn't. Not at all. So what are you up to, brother? What's the deal? Ah, you know, just yeah. working. Just working. Is this a PG interview or a raw interview? This is a white boy interview. Yeah. So we you want know, you to say what you're saying. You know, it's being hard. White yeah. man in a black man yeah. world. Hey, hey, <laughs> hey, 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 hey. What are you going to do, right? And that opens me up to one of the first questions I wanted to ask. Sure. Okay. You being Caucasian. Yeah. Being in a predominantly black business mm. how did you feel would you think that was an advantage disadvantage it didn't really bother you what what's the deal with that um i think when i was younger it definitely had its pros and its cons okay um when i was younger when i first started out it was definitely uh, a con because uh it was through that era in the 90s when you know if you're trying to listen to reggae and dress like a black, you're a wigger type yeah, of thing. Yeah, a wigger, yep. right? <laughs> you're trying too hard. You're trying to be black, yeah. that whole element. Yeah. But then as you progressed, at the same time, it had the pro because it was mm-hmm. you are now a novelty item as well because you were a white guy that's doing something that not yeah. every white guy can do. Yeah. So it was kind of a fascination and it kind of worked to the pro. So yeah. I guess you could say it had pros and its cons. But I guess the, it could be a fascination thing, but it would wear off very quickly if you weren't good. Yeah, 100%. You know I mean? If you were just doing it for the sake of doing it and then be like, ah, whatever. You yeah. know? You just, it's nothing special. But yeah. you had to excel with it and move with it and get better with it. Mm-hmm. And if you did that, then it was a fascination. Mm-hmm. And definitely, because I've seen you come up the ranks, I'm talking about from stereomatic days. Yeah. Most people that's going to listen to this podcast right here mm-hmm. have no clue. Yeah. What or who is Stereomatic? Give them give them a little insight to Stereomatic. So Stereomatic was uh, the sound that I created yeah. when I was 14. Okay. So when I started high school, grade 9, finally had a little bit of money, had a little part-time job, mm-hmm. started buying records, got a turntable, and yeah, me and two and two of my little friends, when we were younger, we just said, you know what, this is going to be our sound name, Stereomatic, and we yeah. just, we built it and we started to cut dub plates with yeah. it and started to buy records and it yeah, just took off from there. And talking about dubplates, I remember you guys had a, what always sticked in my head to this day was that cover you guys had yeah. on dub. Yeah. You know what I mean? I said, listen, I remember you gave me a cassette those times. Yeah, yeah, cassette. This is when I had the store on Kingston Road. Yeah, yeah. You gave me, said, listen to this. And that is the most memorable thing that stuck in my head because you guys were all ages. Yeah, exactly. And for all ages sound or DJ playing dubs at that time, yeah. that was unheard of. Yeah, exactly. You know I mean? And I think... um even at that same time, around the same time, there was Cabra that we had cut. And my very first dub that I cut was Coco T, Tune In. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So when we started, we just went right away. No yeah. delay. Like, just whatever. Because look, those are two legendary big artists to this day. Exactly, yeah. Cabra, Coco T, yeah. and stuff like that. And how long did that last for? Um, so I did Stereomatic through high school with a couple of uh, friends of mine. Probably, I would say, 
four to five, maybe even six years. Mm-hmm. But it was something at that time where it was like you had to have money to buy records. It wasn't for like sure. now where you could just download music. Nope. So you had to go spend your three fifty for a, a forty five. Three seventy five. Yeah. If you weren't lucky, you go to certain spots. Exactly. <laughs> and then you know if you needed an LP, you had, LP you had to spend your twenty bucks or your fifteen mm-hmm. bucks. So at that time, it was tough with your friends trying to excel and continue to do this when some of them weren't financially stable as you were. Huh. And um, also with the, the cutting of dub plates at that time too, right? Mm-hmm. And I mean, in those times, if you worked a job as a student, yeah. you're only getting 640 an hour. And you're lucky. You're lucky. you're lucky. So unless you were doing other things on the road <laughs> to make some money, you couldn't, really, yeah. you couldn't really survive. So, you know, that was one of the barriers that we faced as a sound. Okay. Um, and it, it actually kind of led to a little bit of a separation okay. because, you know, not everybody was on the same page financially yeah. and we couldn't exactly do the same thing at the same time that we wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I had to follow my dream and my For friends sure. had to equally follow their dreams or their interests. And that kind of just we came to the crossroads and mm-hmm. that's kind of where we separated a little bit because of you that. did your thing. And our... Any of the original members from Stereomatic still in the entertainment industry or they're off doing whatever they're no, doing? No, they're off all yeah. doing their own thing. Yeah. I think I think they might be doing music on a smaller scale okay. um, for themselves, but not on a large scale, no. And the reason why I ask you that is just to show that, listen, when you're chosen to do something, yeah. you're chosen to do something. Yeah, when sure. you're that chosen one, yeah. you're that chosen Definitely. one. Definitely. We could have started out as 10 of us. But if there's only one standing, that's the chosen one. Yeah. And that was you. Well, I think it's that. And I just think with everything, it's just drive. Like I had a different drive and passion yeah. for it. Mm-hmm. And with this, it's like I tell everybody, even to this day, mm-hmm. you can't just part-time it. It's a yeah. full-time gig. Like one, you have 100%, to love it. 100%. You got to be in it. You got to be out there. Like even even when I was Stereomatic, it's like I ran into a little bit of complications when I was like 18, 19, got yeah. in a little bit of trouble. No problem. And my, uh, my out. Yeah. Because I, at that time, I was actually on house arrest. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to get down to it, I was in trouble. Boy. But my out, mm-hmm. and the only way that I could go out was if I was going out for work. Okay. So every single day of the week, mm-hmm. I would say I was going to a party, and I was going with XYZ DJ. Yeah. Okay. So five nights a week, six nights a week, You're I would be out. in a club, because that's the only way, place yeah. I can go. It would be classified as work. Okay. You know, and that's what worked for you, and that's what yeah, worked for me. me. So then, tell them after Stereomatic, where was the next move after Stereomatic? So I would say after Stereomatic, I was probably about nineteen, mm-hmm. give or take twenty. Um, I'd been doing parties in Scarborough, mm-hmm. um, a lot of all ages parties. I was doing a lot of parties in you know Malvern and you know block parties HHMS that's where the cassette was from exactly pool time and you know we used to party up at Sugar Time you know Galaxy and all those places but then there was a few incidents that were happening in Scarborough a couple of people got in some violent situations some issues some issues so I took my ventures out in the West End to Mississauga with Zone 1 definitely and I said you know what let me try an all ages event out there Yeah, and Teamed up with a couple guys, and before you know, we were doing right. thousand people parties out there. I remember, I remember those days. That was like pasa pasa. Yeah, that was Monopoly fire. Jam. Monop was fire around those times. Uh, that, that was a little later on. Yeah, that was okay. Later yeah, on. but for sure, because I came across an actual pasa pasa, either DVD or CD. It was a double one you guys had put out. Yeah, it was there's the CDs and DVDs. CDs, yeah, and I remember. And when you looked in there, it's like holy smokes. Yeah, you see what? everybody in there. <laughs> wow. That was, and that right there to create such a movement, that's 
powerful. Yeah, very. You know what I mean? To bring your say, okay, I'm from East. Yeah, from the East side. And this is Scarborough. Okay, so if you guys don't know, Scarborough and Zone 1 was Mississauga. Mississauga. That's a good... That's all past the West. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's like a good West and that's West West. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so for you to actually say, okay, you know what? I'm going to skip over West and go West West and keep these things and then be successful. That was a big jump in the first place. Yeah, huge. That was a big mm-hmm. jump. Definitely. Yeah. And, it, and it worked out because a lot of those... Those kids that we grew up at that time are the party goers that are still out now or yes, for that sure. have been the party goers through the last several years yep. and now have kids of their own. So, I mean, it's, it's been like a whole generation. I would say more than a generation. Like, a generation. Like two generations. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And that's what I always use you as an example because I have a lot of younger DJs and stuff that come to me and say, hey, could you put me onto this? I said, listen, what white boy and those guys did was grow with the crowd. Yeah. So as the crowd became 19 plus, they just moved them to a 19 plus and we're all partying like like nothing happened. Yeah. We didn't like miss a beat. yesterday. Yeah, yeah, and that's what it is. You have to grow with your crowd. Yeah. And that's what you did. Exactly. You know what I mean? Zone 1 days, I never forget Zone 1 days. Big up Gary, Danny, and all those guys from over at Zone 1. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. Those are those were some interesting times. I think. No, definitely, 100%. You know I mean? And like Gary opened his doors for us and let yeah. us do the events that were there. And you know what? Even though we would have some violent issues that would take place there, we're all he never closed the door. He still let us you know, mm-hmm. do what we needed to do. And we were successful doing it. And it allowed us to be able to move not only from Zone 1, but to like Jade Nightclub. Yes, I and, remember Jade. you know, a few other spots in the West End, and it was able to bring the whole city, because yeah. it wasn't just a West, West End crowd. No, no. If it you was were from everywhere. anywhere in the West, or even Scarborough, yeah. you were venturing and finding your way down to the West End and to attend coming. those parties. Oh, yeah, yeah, of you course. Because it was well, the place to be. We passed through a couple of them at that time. I'm a bit older, probably got about five years on you guys, but at that time, I'm in it. Yeah. So we're coming through and seeing what the hell is going on. Oh, well, for sure. You know what I mean? And, and, that, and that's also the other thing that helped out, too, is because... Zone one at that time, mm-hmm. there was zone one paradise epiphany yeah. for the dance hall audience. Yes. So the mature crowd was seeing what we were doing as mm-hmm. a younger promoter and yeah. the younger people were going there and they were saying, you know, how are these guys doing yeah. thousand kids at, at we these parties? Those numbers. Yeah. yeah. And they were seeing and, and a lot of them I, I started to meet them because yeah. they'd be there when I'd go for meetings and you know, I'd I'd actually start to interact with them and I'd start to, you know, know who the fabo of the worlds are or yeah. know who yeah. the charmas of the world uh-huh. are you know what i mean uh-huh. and you meet them as you go and it just opened other doors and i remember that because i've seen you mature and grow from actually entering into zone one to you becoming uh you went in as a dj and you became a sound man mm-hmm. in zone one yeah you know and i mean dubs clashing and all of yeah exactly stuff. this is i think Zone One was one of the more pivotal moments for you that changed your entire career. Yeah, I would I would think so too because Zone, like you said, Zone One opened that door for the dancehall audience, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I was able to meet Fabo and those guys yeah. there, yeah. and it was actually based on the situation. Like I said, when I was in trouble on yeah. a Tuesday night, I ended mm-hmm. up at Epiphany, yeah. and it was like a clash mm-hmm. type of uh, yes. night. And, you know, that's where I first started to play some dub plates yeah. and everyone was taken back and uh-huh. surprised. I, we, we heard, <laughs> I, I would be in Scarborough at the store yeah. and I'm getting the calls of what's going on out there. Yeah, exactly. You know I mean, it's like you guys created a super wave yeah. where everybody, whether you were 
19 below or 19 plus, you heard about what these guys were doing. Yeah, exactly. Here. This Who is this guy? White boy, who is this guy? Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like, when I met you, it's like, oh, okay, mad chill. Yeah. But you were always about your business. Oh, for sure. You know it's always I mean? been that way. And it's always been, you know, having to do what you need to do for the moment. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And a lot of people, they don't do that. A lot of people, they just, yeah. you know, the opportunity knocks. Yeah. And either they don't open the door or they open the door and then they close it back yeah. because they don't know how to handle it. That's you know? true. That's true. Some uh, opportunity isn't, it's for everybody, but not everybody knows how to handle it. Well, that's just it. And it doesn't mean that, you know, you have to be experienced to handle it, yeah. but you have to know when to keep your mouth shut and when mm-hmm. to talk. Uh-huh. And that's what some people don't yeah. know. And or know when to smile and yeah. know when not to smile. You know what I mean? It's just one of those things. Yeah. So you just have to be, you have to be humble, yeah. but at the same time. You know, you just got to know. You're confident in exactly. yourself. Exactly. But you're not arrogant. Well, that's just it. But you're humble enough to be approached by anybody. You'll talk to anybody. Anybody could almost call me, but that doesn't mean I'll answer all the time. That's it. But I will give you the number. If you have something good to say, text me and we could work it out of from course. there. If or, you're not really dealing with that, eh, yeah. move on. Or if I give you my number to call me, even if I'm not interested in it, yeah. give you two minutes out of my time when you yeah. do call to make mm-hmm. you feel appreciated and yeah. respected, yeah. not not answer, mm-hmm. and then you're feeling ways towards me. Yeah. So you, you need to know how to play the life the life yeah. game. That's exactly. What it is. Make everybody feel respected even if you're, you're not interested. Even, and that's what it comes down to because as I said before we started this podcast, there was one word that you told me that I never really put it together before I understand what it was, but it was relationships. Yes, for sure. You know what I mean? I remember we kept, those times we're keeping parties in um, the Orange Room. Yeah. Down at government those times. And I think we had done a party. It was okay. And we were taking a while to um, pay you. Yeah. And you said, listen, it's not about the money. It's about the relationships. For sure. And you see, after you said that to me, I said, you know what, white boy? Come check me at the mall. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Because it's like anything. Like, if I if I come and work for you or you work for me, vice mm-hmm. versa, um, on a party, and the party just finished at 3 o'clock in the morning, you yeah. know, we've been partying, we've been yeah. working, you're stressed out, your mental state's not good, you've been having a few drinks. The last thing I want yeah. is you calling my phone at 6 a.m. the next morning, stressing me and pressuring my little life about money that... You know I'm going to give you because yeah. I see you every day or I see you every two or three days. Yeah. You know what I mean? And what a lot of people don't realize is when you start to do those little things and mm-hmm. you start to stress others out and doubt them. And like you say, you know, bicker and complain and carry on and cuss and carry on and yeah. don't keep the relationship. Next time, mm-hmm. you might not want to deal with me the same way. Exactly. Or might not want to deal with me at all. Mm-hmm. But if I'm humble and, you know, I don't worry, muscle. Yeah. Next time I see you or... But, just, just, but just make sure you take care yes, of it. Yes, you're you going to feel I mean? appreciated. Uh, uh, you're going to feel, you know what yeah. I mean? You gave me some time. Yeah, it's it's just... And you're keeping the relationship. Because mm-hmm. without the relationship, you don't have There's nothing. Because, yeah. you know what? And as I said, I've been in this business professionally for like 22 years now. Mm-hmm. But before that, I would say 30 years altogether. And I knew that concept. But we didn't. I didn't have a word for it. Yeah, the word is relationships. For you sure. have to build and nurture and maintain those relationships. Definitely, because that's what's going to carry you to where you're going, and it's going to continue to push you forward. For sure, hundred percent relationships. I say that all the time. Yeah, yeah. you have to have the relationship yeah. with. If you're in this business with the other DJs, yeah. with the club owners, mm-hmm. with the promoters, with the patrons, with yeah. the customer, you have to make the customer feel good. Yeah. The customer's coming to the door and, you know, they're a customer that comes and supports you every yeah. single week. And this week, they don't have the money. Yeah. You know, 
What do you mean? Break them, yeah. You break them off, let them come in. in. Yeah, buy them a drink. Have a drink. Exactly. Have the drink so then they feel feel appreciated. Of course. Like, you know what? This guy's really looking out for me. Exactly. He just doesn't want my money. We're we're cool. Exactly. And And that's that's the language you speak when you're doing business. Yeah, you have to. You know what I mean? 100%. And that's what I understand. So then as we we were talking about zone one, Mm -hmm. okay, where, as I said, that was your coming of age, basically. Yeah. So then what was the next move after zone one? Um, I would say with the zone one thing, mm-hmm. like I said, Fabo gave me that first break with the clash at Epiphany. And then yeah. I would say Ron Nelson had a good, uh, good impact on assisting fully, me with the fully, fully loaded, loaded clashes yeah. and stuff like that. Um, I had the dub plates. Yeah. I knew how to play them. I know the mm-hmm. music, my MC skills at that time. Yeah. I was just starting because I wasn't an MC before. Yeah. I never taught them. Okay. On the mic. So you weren't, you weren't an MC. So you came in as a DJ. DJ, yeah. And then somebody else was MC and so your yeah. your DJ skills were always on point. Yes. It was now let's let's deal learn with how that. to do this microphone thing and DJ at the same time. Yeah. And you know, when I look back now, you know, I'm like, oh crap, it was <laughs> it was nothing, but it worked. It worked. It, the, fa- yeah. the 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 whole novelty yeah. and fascination part at that time it worked. Mm-hmm. So I would say, you know, Ron Nelson helped me out a lot with the clashes. I yeah. won a few of them. Yeah. And that opened the door for me. A lot in the sense of the sound man fraternity, yeah. you know. Yes, that whole. That's thing. where it went from the DJ to the sound exactly. man type of vibe. Or you could still play both fields. Yeah, you could still be here as DJ White Boy. Yeah, and over here as Soul Man White. Exactly, Boy. and you that's what, what it was. And right? that's where a lot of people don't get that balance. Yeah, where you get a balance of. Okay, I'm this and I'm that at the exact same time. Exactly. And I'm fluid in both. Exactly. You know so I mean? that, that was working out for me. And then I would say the next step after that was um, I started going to Jamaica with, yeah. you know, Gary and with Donnie yeah. Yeah. a few other times. And by going down there, I was meeting Earl from Asylum okay. and Ribby from Asylum. Yes. And then they opened the doors for me as well. And I started playing at Asylum. Mm-hmm. Every time I'd go to Jamaica, I'd be playing at I Asylum. Remember, I remember. Yeah. It's not until you say it right now mm-hmm. is when I remember those yes. days. It's like, holy frig. Remember, you were one of the first DJ Salman to really start flying as a Canadian DJ Salman. Yeah. On a regular. Exactly. Going yeah. here, there, and everywhere. Those times, remember, this was pre-social media. Oh, for sure, So there yeah. was no Instagram to really say, okay, I'm flying over here. No. I'm doing all of this. No. This was, like in, this was like in 2002, 2003, yeah. I would See? say, when I first started yeah. like doing Jamaica and Barbados yeah. and going to Guyana and right. those type of places. I think you did like St. Vincent or was it um, St. Lucia and stuff like that? Yeah, I did I did St. Vincent. I, w- I think St. Vincent came a few years later. Yeah. But yeah, all those times it was w- it was with records. Yeah. There was no laptop records. thing at those times. So it was hold 45. on, let me, <laughs> let me get this. So you were traveling yeah. on the plane with your 45 box. With 45 box and, and your dub box. box and yes, all. everything. Those are the times where I think you had to put it and they would have to put a sticker. Fragile. Sticker. Fragile, yes. yes. A big red one. Big red one. Yes. So and people you and left then, it on. Of course you <laughs> left it on. You want them to <laughs> know same that trouble. Welcome to you. That was your that was your Salman DJ <laughs> yes. stamp back then. Yes, every man wanted a, fragile, a sticker. What a fragile on their Buddy, some man would go hang out at the airport just to borrow a sticker <laughs> to put on their thing. Yeah. But, but yes, that's what you had, if you had yeah. those stickers, man, yes. you're like, oh, yeah. man's are yeah. flying, yeah. eh? Yeah. yeah, that was the stamp of approval. Exactly. That was your passport. Yeah, for sure. So I remember those times. It was crazy. Uh, that's, around then, did you, am I remembering right, did you win Fully Loaded or you played Fully Loaded? No, I won Fully Loaded. You won Fully Loaded yeah. in Jamaica. 
Yeah, we well, that was later on. I went fully loaded in Canada okay. with Ron Nelson. Okay. Um, so who I, did you who did you have to beat? Who was in the finals for that fully loaded? Uh, if I'm remembering proper, I mean, I played so many of them, but yeah. the guys that we played with was yeah. like Don Rankin, Bigger yeah. Boss, Black yeah. Reaction, yeah. Rebel Tone. Yeah. Um, ah, the list goes on, man. There were so many of them at that time. I can't remember. And, um, and you won, yes. It was a Canadian fully loaded. Yeah, it was with, and also um, Super Fresh. Yes. Yeah, that, was, that was whenever. We were even in it. Yeah. You don't remember the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Year. I beat you guys too. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hey, white boy, don't <laughs> listen to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't lie yes, on the people. Yes, I mean, yes. What was the song it was, name it was last. It was the last song standing, our last man standing, was The Clash. Yeah. At Zone 1. We're, we're not even going to go into who won. But you didn't win that one. Maybe not Boom. that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but we're going we're gonna to leave it at there because it's really your legacy. If you guys are tuning in right now, we're talking to Canada's number one reggae and dancehall DJ, DJ White Boy right here, giving us a history of who he really is, what he's about, and where he's going. So they said, yeah, so I remember, so you won the Jamaica one also. That was after the Canadian one. Yeah, so um, that was actually as Vertex. Yes. So when when we came Vertex, we won Jamaica fully loaded at mm-hmm. that time. So, um, but yeah, back to what you were saying before we got to there. Yeah. We were doing the whole Jamaica traveling, Barbados, yep. Guyana, mm-hmm. and then the traveling with Gary and Donnie and mm-hmm. and you know the bookings that I was getting, along with the all ages, yeah, along with the song clash at that time. It was just like a monster. It was it, like, and that's what it, because your name was ringing everywhere. Yeah, whether you were. You were under 19, they knew about you. Exactly. You were in that club club world that liked reggae, they yeah. knew about you. You were in that dance hall world, they knew about exactly. you. Exactly. So you were, I don't, I can't think of anybody else that encompassed all three markets at the exact same time. Exactly. That's, exactly. That's just time. what it was, yeah. And that's what was working to our benefit. Yeah. And um, at that time, I teamed up with Breadfruit okay. at that time and- I was by myself. He was kind of working with Fully Loaded and those guys yes. at the time. That was when he was just about to transition. Exactly. Yeah. And then we actually decided to all make a transition together and build another sound. Yeah. Uh, government Which International. Which is the world famous <laughs> government. It's not until today when I called you and I said, okay, give me a quick rundown. And when you said government, I said, holy smokes. Yeah. Government transformed everything that was good. That was like you put... All ages, mm-hmm. dance hall and club into one space. Yeah. And this was government right yeah, there. Yeah, exactly. Government was the baddest DJ song that was, at that time there, craziest thing ever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because then what was I was able to do at that time, I was able to focus on DJing. Yeah. I would allow Breadfruit to do the MCing. Yes. And then we also had Sluggy, which yeah. was also, yes. he was a mixer and he was amazing yeah. with the remixes and the computers okay. at that time. And then we also had Worm, which was also good with the, the marketing. So the four of us together linked and yeah. created that. And that's when we actually made our transition because there was a hesitance of putting yeah. me in the, in the downtown yeah. clubs as white boy yeah. um, because of the affiliation with the younger audience. I got So you. they were saying, how are we going to be able to put these young guys into a 19-year-old market, 19, pardon me, 19-plus yeah. market yeah. without using just white boy because yeah. it sounds like all ages and yeah. too dance hallish. And at that time, they didn't want the two. Re- yeah. that, that, at that so time, reggae, that, that time, reggae was not wanted downtown yeah. because they looked on reggae as the rough crowd. Yeah, you now it's hip hop. Of course, but it's, <laughs> it's like first who opened that downtown doors was King Turbo and Red Flame. Yeah. They opened that door and then that door got shut back. Oh, for sure. You know right I mean? away. And then people like you, not yeah. even people like you, you were the one. 
that actually took time and opened back that door. Yeah. And then they let us everybody in. Yeah, I would say at that time it was like myself with with breadfruit and government and then mm-hmm. equally just before us yeah. would probably be fully loaded with scotty and blacks yes, as yes, well yes yes but that was where because remember that's where breadfruit's making the transition exactly. from was that time when phoenix sundays was going yeah, on that was yes. the time of phoenix. Yeah. all this was happening the zone one the traveling the government all this was all happening at yeah. the time of phoenix sundays yeah and that was the biggest yeah. thing on a so there was that there was yeah. joker yeah that's when all these things were, were were transitioning and happening at that time yeah so that actually opened the door by by being able to say government international yeah promoters now let me give these guys a try and yeah. put them on the fly because you guys you guys kind of niced it up yeah you know what I mean? exactly we're not white boy but we're something else now yeah we're something new and shiny that you could package and bring to the people exactly and then from there we started hype sundays in brampton yeah. I was gonna, I was gonna get there. If you remember, good. I call it the Cold War days. Yeah, where you guys were in Brampton. Yeah, we were in Scarborough. Exactly, rumors, at rumors. And then Joker. I think Rodi and those guys were Joker downtown. Yeah, they had Joker downtown. You know what I mean, that was a Cold War. Listen, on a Sunday <laughs> night, the phones were ringing because again, I think MySpace was just a thing. Facebook wasn't even around then. No, MySpace. Yeah, MySpace. MySpace was happening at those yeah. times. Yeah, but there was no. I don't think Facebook wasn't. No, or Facebook was not. No, no. But there was no entertainment. No, on it was ju- it was just MySpace. MySpace, yeah. So when you get and it, MSMS, MS, yes, mm. your phone is ringing. Everybody, where are you going this Sunday? Where are you going this Sunday? Okay, you know what? We've been at rumors for a long time. Let's go to Brampton. Yes. No, okay. We're, we've been at Brampton. We're going downtown. No, we're going. I remember there was even a weekend where we had an off night. I don't know, remember what was off. We said we're going to Brampton. Yeah. You know, what I need mean? to out. see what's going on here. Brampton. And yeah. those times were probably some of them best times oh for the sure city you see the best you know what I we mean? used to we used to sell out every week doors closed yep. like you're locked you can't get in uh-huh. 12 12 30 like you're not getting in long weekend if you're not in there by 11 30 you're not getting you know, and that's how we were in scarborough yeah and that's how they were downtown exactly and remember it was basically the same thing we were giving them everywhere it was a hip-hop reggae that's where everywhere was hip hop reggae, hip hop reggae, hip hop reggae. Yeah. So you got the same thing downtown as you got in Brampton, as you got in Scarborough. For sure. But it's just wherever you vibe, you felt like vibing yeah. at that time. Yeah. But yeah. those days were so sweet. If we didn't have the artists over here, you had the artists over there. Somebody had an artist downtown. We had these. It was those days were amazing. Yeah. Now you can barely find one place to go to DC, right? Those were those were good times, and you know what? Those are probably some of the the best. Yeah. Sunday nights that we of, had. Of course, because after that, everything died down after a while, and we got a couple more Sundays, but there was never that pivotal moment like that. Because yeah. as I said, there was we were all top tiers. Top tier East, top tier Downtown, oh, for sure. top tier Brampton. Yeah, and, and it had all the top promoters, all the top DJs, and it's like if you were somebody in the East, you mm-hmm. were going to Rumors. If yep. you were somebody in the West or a promoter even or a DJ, you were, you were coming yep. to Hype. And if mm-hmm. you were Downtown, you were going to Joker. Yeah, and that's what it was. If you feel for a change, okay, we'll go, we're going to go West or we're going to go East or we're going to go Downtown. Switch it up a bit. But it's basically we all had the same... Let's say two thousand people. That exactly, we were and they were basically just sharing and yeah. rotating. So there was never a weeknight anywhere. No, definitely you know what not. I mean? Maybe Everybody. maybe one week you take a little yeah. less, but mm-hmm. one would get a little more, and then it would yeah. balance itself yeah. back out the following week. I remember that's where that's actually where I met Brother Worm. Yeah, was at <laughs> Hype Sundays. Yeah, came to the door. Worm, big guy, those times standing at the door with his sunglasses on. Worm doesn't give a fuck who you are. No, no, you could be here. Who from what? Yo, buddy, here what? No. If white boy didn't doesn't have your name on this list, yeah, you're paying your money for and sure. coming in. 
I said, yo, but yo, I'm, he said, buddy, if your name is not on this list, you're not coming. Yeah. And from there, I had to respect him. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think we ended up paying to come in. Yeah. You know what probably, I mean? Probably, yeah. Yeah. And I said, you know what? This guy understands his job. Yeah. His job, this is my job, and I'm going to take my job 100% yeah. serious. You know what I mean? So bigger brother worm. You know what I mean? For sure. And he didn't forget those times. Yeah, and actually, and, and even with... Um with hype, we were actually partners with Legacy at that time. Yes, that so, that was Charlie B, Charlie um, B, Crazy, Crazy Chris, Chris, and Rory. Rory. So yeah. it was it was it was the seven of us that did yes, it together. And yes, yes. I think that just created another whole yeah. monster yeah. in itself. And yeah. that that with the government enabled us to yeah. step foot now into that nineteen and over yeah. market, right? And what's funny is, look, Charlie B is basically with the Drake camp and stuff yeah. like, and Future that was with us. He's Drake Camp also. Exactly. So then that's just amazing how things go. For sure. You know what I mean? You could be playing on two opposite teams for the same cause and then end up in the exact same place. Yeah. Well, like, you know what I mean? Here we are. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, you're the Go rumors, on. man. I'm the hype, Go man. <laughs> here we are. <laughs> and that's really what it comes down to. So let me ask you. If you weren't DJing, what would you be doing right now? What would I be doing right now? As if I, are you asking what I would have been doing, like from a kid perspective, or like if I stop today, what am I gonna do? You know what? Give both? us both. Okay, when I was younger and I was in high school, yeah. I was always intrigued with geography, okay. and I was always wanting to travel and see different places. And makes sense. On top of that, I also, I as this might sound funny to you, but I wanted to work at the zoo too. Yeah. <laughs> I've always, I've always had a fascination. I've always had a fascination with with exotic animals. Yeah, no, and and I get, but it goes with geography and wanting to work at the zoo. Yeah, it only makes sense because you get to see all the exotic animals. Yeah. Without having well, to that's travel. That's just it. Like, I'm a sick bastard. Yeah. Like, when I'm at home, like, I'll watch Nat Geo all day with lions yeah. and tigers and yeah. hippopotamuses having sex and yeah. all kind of stuff. <laughs> Crazy shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I've always been intrigued by it. And actually, I was going to do my co-op at the zoo. Okay. Before I stopped, before I started getting into things. Yeah. But I'd wanted to co-op at the zoo or I wanted to work on um, on a cruise ship even. Okay. Yeah. So it's it still all ties into the traveling. Yeah. And, one place and, that, place and, and, that's, and that's why I always consider myself like, I never I never thought I would get into the music. Yeah. I always love music. Yeah. But I always feel like blessed in the sense because I've always wanted to travel. Yeah. And doing this has allowed me to travel all over the world. Yeah. And I've seen pretty much everything I've wanted yeah. to see. So out, it kind out of, of music and a lot of times, nine out of ten times, it's somebody else paying for you to get there. hundred percent. For you to entertain them. A hundred percent. Like I've been everywhere. Like I've been to Germany and Switzerland mm-hmm. and you know, Belgium and I've all, been to pretty much every island in the Caribbean. Yeah, all, all for because music. of music. Yeah. All That's because of music. Amazing. So if yeah. I uh if I wasn't doing this, I yeah. could be a Steve Irwin or yeah. you know, <laughs> catching crocodile or something. <laughs> But no, I, yeah. this is this is what I do. And after this, I don't know. I've been I've been weighing it out as to what I want to do. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I see where see where this takes us. Yeah, and take it from there. So you hopefully, will, I don't have to do nothing. Yeah, eventually. so it, it will still be entertainment. Yeah, right through somehow. Whether you're still the the DJ on the front, or you're somebody <laughs> in the back, or owning a club, or something. Ideally, but it's still gonna be in entertainment. I, I, I would like to, yeah. but just the way that things have been in yeah. this city in yeah. the last few years, mm-hmm. and I don't even know if it's just the city, but I think in just life as a whole, yeah. I don't know if that's the right direction, so that may change. But that's that's exactly, that's going to segue into exactly what I wanted to ask you, is the landscape in the city, how have you seen a change from you first started out to where we are today? Oh, drastically. Yeah. Like, um, I think it starts with... The kids, because yeah. again, 
when we were coming up, yeah. we were exposed to all age parties. We were exposed to the music. Mm-hmm. And you had that passion in you of, I can't wait till I'm 18 yeah. so I can go to the uh-huh. club. I can't wait till I'm 19 to go to the club. I don't feel that that passion is instilled in kids these days. Right now. I think they're more absorbed with their iPads and their, yeah. their iPhones. And on, on top of that, the celebrity wow factor is gone. Like yeah. when we were 14, we would be, if I was, if I was 14 and how 14 year olds now back in the days, yeah. I would be so excited to see Shaquille O'Neal if he was yeah. coming to yes, town. Yes, I, yes. I, rem- I would be so excited if Drake's coming to town mm-hmm. and I would line up to want to go and see him, whether yeah. he was at the mall and autograph signing. It would be a fascination. You'd be excited because to you weren't exposed it. to them. Yeah. But based on social media, you see their every move every yeah. single day. So the 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 passion in yeah. the younger people and even the older people is not yeah. there. So it and that's destroying the music industry. I find as well. Yeah. And I find that the social media is taken away from the want to go out and meet new people because you know? you're you think you're meeting them on your phone. Yeah. Because I'm talking to you in a DM. Ex- we're speaking exactly. And then when you meet them live, now it's a totally different. You're not the same person I'm speaking to or typing to in the DM for sure. It's like if you different. if you did Michael Jordan was coming to Fluid Nightclub, mm-hmm. you know, back in the '90s when we were going out, there would be a roadblock down the road. You couldn't get in. It'd be sold out. It'd be crazy. You could probably do Michael Jordan at Fluid yeah. Nightclub today, and yeah. you'd be lucky if anybody yeah. comes. It's but I find it's like a catch twenty two because remember because of social media right now. That's where Cardi B yeah. really got her shine. Right now, Spice, as a dancehall artist, Caribbean artist, she's going to be the first one to actually hit 1 million followers. Yes. And I would probably say, if I could jump out of the box and say that was probably the biggest concert you guys did all year at Luxie, was Spice? Yeah, Spice would have been the biggest one this year. Yeah. Yeah. And again, it's social media. So it's a, it's a catch-22 almost. Yeah. In certain instances... Instances. Propels them. Yes. In certain ones. Yes. You know what I mean? And certain ones, it's like, oh, I've seen them everywhere. Well, so that's, why that, am I concerned? I think I think it's one of those things. If you can catch them, like, mm. right. Before they supernova. Yeah, it has to be, like, right there. Yeah. But before, it didn't have to be that way. Yeah. Like, you could be, you'd be able to bring Beanie Man, you know, three times a year and it'd and be successful. All, all selling out. doesn't happen like yeah. that anymore. No, no, you know? No. So the whole demographic, demographics have changed. And I think that, you know, Back to what I was saying, I think that the the younger audience is not exposed to the all ages parties. In return, they're not growing up and wanting to go to the clubs. They're not wanting to go out and party and find girls that way. They rather slide in a DM, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean, <laughs> or or cyber text yeah. or do whatever they're doing. Yeah. The connection with with people, period, like yeah. communication, is not there. Like no, definitely. When you speak to the persona, because that's what I'm going to call it, mm-hmm. the persona online, it's totally different than when you look at them in the yeah. eyes. And talk to them. Oh, it's for like sure. They, they don't even have that same swagger, that same mannerism that they had on that phone. Exactly. Like, how would you get a girl yeah. when you were younger? You had you to had pick up and go to the dance. Or go to the mall, the dance. And you didn't have no phone. Yeah. You had a Ooh. pen and a pen <laughs> and a piece of paper. And then when you got that phone number, yeah. you had to call yeah. the house before yep. nine o'clock and Good evening, Miss Sanders. <laughs> is Hi, my name is, my name is James. May I please talk to Ahudis Akal? Yeah. <laughs> so that whole... There was that buffer yes. before you couldn't... There was no direct communication. No, there's no sending dick pics no, right no, after you no, meet no, the girl no, and all these type I, of things. And, you know I mean? No way. <laughs> unheard, unheard Heard of, right? You know what I mean? But that's what it is right now. Mm-hmm. Social media has created that type of... That type of behavior right now. And it's almost like acceptable now. Yeah. Where do you, 
it's like they almost expect you to send a dick pic. Yeah, they'll say much. they'll say don't send it. You know, yeah, yeah. and if you don't send it, <laughs> yeah. you're getting mad because you didn't. Send yeah, because they really want it. you to send <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. So it's <laughs> like, and everybody believes that they're a savage and all of these stuff. There, so I think it's really corroded the fiber of society right now. I, I tell people all the time, like the social media, it's bad because. You don't know the real, especially yeah. if you're a younger person. You don't uh, know the real. Huh? Like a lot of these girls that are posting this fancy this and flicking their hair, they don't even have a bed frame at their house. One and this is this is not a joke. This is one hundred and ten percent. Hundred percent. And I'm telling mean. you, I'm telling you, <laughs> man, I ask, man, I tell you, <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah. And it's bad because children, especially that are like six or ten or twelve, and they actually did a report on this on the internet. Okay. Pardon me on the on the news one day that I seen. They just know what they're being told. So yeah. kids are like sponges. You know what I mean? They're absorbing. So they're absorbing all of what this they right see, yeah. and their hopes are that that's what they're going to be. Yeah. Or that's what life is about. You know, and that's not what it is. They're not seeing the homeless people that yeah. are on the streets that don't have no money. They don't even yeah. like some kids don't even know that people are homeless. Yeah, in the world. to them that doesn't exist. exist. You know what I mean? I haven't seen it on social media. So it's, it's not, not like that. Everybody has yeah. money. Everybody's yeah. rich. Yeah. You know, everyone has a bed so, frame. So when, so when I don't have no bed frame, I, I, I'm weird because <laughs> yeah. why don't I have a bed frame? But yeah. you don't understand that they don't have bed frames either. Sometimes yeah. I look at social media and I have to question myself, yeah. am I poor? Yeah. Because like, hey. all these people that I follow and yeah. that I'm around, I'm seeing, I'm like, how is this one making more money than me? And Buddy, I swear and I make more money than them. Listen, and when you <laughs> hear the conversations after the fact and you hear, okay, that was the re-up money, that was the rent money, that was like the baby bonus. Yes, it's not that serious. No. Who are you Who are you trying to impress? Who is it that you're impressing? They do it for the likes. They don't do it for, for the, the love. love. You get it. You know what I mean? So it's good. So how even that now, let's talk about how have you seen the music change from when you first started to where it is right now as a DJ? As a DJ? When I first started, I started with vinyl. Yeah. So you had to go buy your records. Yep. Or if you wanted music, you could record it on a cassette yeah. from Reggae Mania <laughs> when Ron would play it on a Friday night. But generally, yeah. you had to go buy your records or mm -hmm. buy your cassettes yeah. and... You know, you had to, to go down to the record shop and then you had to not only just go there and buy it, you had to have some status because maybe there's only 20 copies that come and in. Somebody, and the bigger man, Mans are they're getting putting it. that away. Yeah. You know I mean? So this week you might go down there hoping you're getting showtime with them, you know. Yeah. But Black Reaction and King when Turbo, they them, they're in. getting it first. And it's not until you start to develop your little status yeah. where a man's putting your things aside. Yeah, Big up, Mr. Know, Presto used to always put my things aside. Big up, Presto. Good people, good people, you know. And let me even... We're going to continue on the music, but let me show you how the thing that we talked about, relationships are as important. I remember when you first, again, when you first coming out and doing your stuff, it was pressed towards one of the people that you always used to lean on, put him on the events and all of those stuff, mm -hmm. because he took care of you. Yeah. So it was the relationships that was built then. So, okay, you know what, Presto, come back. Here is my opportunity now to give you back something. Oh, for sure. Because you took care of me. Yeah, definitely, you 100%. I mean? And equally, like, even with yourself, I used mm -hmm. to come to your shop yeah, on Kingston Road. Of course. And when bro. I was 14, I was going to get my hair cut yeah. at Cut Above or mm -hmm. I was going to Cut Creator in, yeah. in Malvern between the two and I would stop and come get a cassette with I, you and I shoot remember. the nonsense with you, right? I remember. You know what I mean? Because you're the one that brought the cassette. Yeah. You know what I mean? Say, hey, listen to this. Put me on to whatever. And you know what I mean? And that's how we got Back to the music. Now. Yeah. How, how have you seen it change? So obviously, so with that, at that time, you would get your you would get your records, yeah. but you didn't have every single song. Yeah. So you had to build a catalog. Mm -hmm. So if I went to a dance and you were in a dance, mm -hmm. we're going to have different music. Yeah. It's not going to be all the same. At all. And then you had to be creative with it. Um, 
after that i went to cd so that changed up a little bit and then mm -hmm. obviously here we are now with laptops yeah. digital you can get any song you want in the world at any time yeah to me kind of the music the music itself the quality yeah. of music i don't find as good as it used to be for, for sure because there's no vanguards there's nobody saying okay before this could go you need to go back in the lab and go remaster it you need to sing your singing off key or whatever now from a little man has a laptop a mic and access to internet, which won't go on. Oh, for sure. Yeah. You know what I mean? Exactly. You could be in any hole in the wall right now. Yeah. And come out with a song. Bang, 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 bang. Okay. Number one. Yeah. Bang. And again, like, I think, I think reggae before, especially, like, I mean, obviously, there was going to be songs that people did it for the likes. Yeah. But I think there was a lot more passion and 100%. love and heart in the music 100%. that they sang. They sang about real life things, experiences, and they also spoke about, like, you know, it, there was just love into it. And yeah. Now I just think that a lot of them sing it just for the sake of singing it. So they could fly out. Exactly. You know what so I mean? Oh, catch we, a plane. oh, God, Canada. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, exactly. And so I feel like the quality is just, is, is gone a little bit of sideways. Mm -hmm. and it's, just, it's just not the same as it used to be. And the music, they come and then the hit's gone. And then yeah. you never hear the music again. You can't, there's not like that juggling when you listen. I want to hear that juggling right yeah, there. Yeah, I want to hear that again yeah, right now. Yeah. You know, you're you not dying a, for it's it. It's gone. It's hot for two weeks. And it's gone. By the third, we don't want to hear that 100%. Right so it's, it's, everything is a flash in the pan. Yeah. So let me ask you, give me, name three of your favorite classic reggae artists mm -hmm. and then three of your favorite new reggae artists, whether reggae or dancehall, it doesn't matter. I've always been uh, a Barris Hammond. Yeah. Um, Sanchez yeah. and I would probably a third one to that mm. I don't know those two are, I, would, I would narrow <laughs> those, those are oh and Wayne Wonder okay, I'm a, all right, yeah, okay. and Wayne so that's that's almost like the holy trinity right there of 90s yeah. singing reggae music yeah exactly Wayne Wonder Sanchez Bears Hammond yeah. that's a holy trinity yeah. you know what I mean because we're not talking because remember we're not from the Dennis Brown, Greg Rath. We appreciate mm -hmm. the music, you know. But we're not... I wasn't of age when Bob Marley was singing no. a tune or when Gregory Isaac had Night Nurse and stuff. I remember them being all hits then. For sure. But as you said, who we grew up with, yeah. that would be the Barris Hammond, the Wayne Wonder, and the Sanchez. Yeah. That's a holy trinity of Lovers Rock. Exactly. Right there, right there 100%. You know what I mean? So give us three of your favorite new artists, whether dancehall or, or singing. Um, I like Taurus Riley. 100% agree love his vibe love yeah. his energy love his personality mm -hmm. and just that he's just like a happy person yeah. and he takes the time I've watched him because I've seen him when he's been here in Toronto and I've yeah. met him a couple of times in a minute mm -hmm. to, to bless your day Yeah, you know what I mean and that's that's to those those things are what I like especially with the artists I mean I don't like artists that have their nose up in the air yeah. you know I mean, if you want to talk about who else I would enjoy musically, yeah. dance all wise, I guess you would say, you know, I have to give it up to Vibes Cartel. So 100%. 100%. And um, I'm definitely a Movado. 100%. And sometimes Alkaline fan, yeah. depending on the yeah. song. <laughs> no, I'm a, I'm a fan of Alkaline, yeah. but yeah. some of the Bigger music is hit and miss. And it's I hit get and miss. you. Because me, it took a while for Alkaline to grow on me. Yeah. I can't lie. Yeah. You know what I mean? That, when and that's first, what I think it is with when me When he first came on, I don't know about this guy. Yeah. But as he started to go, 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 and I understood where, I said, okay, you know what? I give it up. Yeah. He's, you know he's, I mean? he's, definitely, he's definitely better now than he was two years ago. 100%. And I think that has a lot to do with how he's matured. Yeah. I, I watched, just, I just watched him, and, yeah. I, and I feel... I feel he's a lot better now than yeah. what he was. I couldn't take him at first. Like yeah. I said, it had to grow on me. Yeah, no, for sure. His It was high pitch. And what are you singing? And what, what, what are you doing here? Yeah. What is this? You yeah. know what I mean? 100%. And I understand. Because when I watched um, 
his video formula. Mm-hmm. To me, that was where you could see the the switch happen. Yeah. Because before he was very stiff, not into anybody, not talking. If you go back and watch formula, he's dancing around, moving and stuff. I said, oh, okay. Somebody's in your ear and telling you this is how it's yeah. done. Or you're learning you're, it yeah. as you go. Yeah, and that's really what, what it was. So then now you've produced some of the biggest concerts, parties in the city. Mm-hmm. Tell me, name, give me a name of one of your most memorable concerts or parties you've done. Um, so I would say probably one of the biggest parties that we did was at Circa. I knew, listen, <laughs> let me stop you. I knew one hundred percent you were gonna say that and that was a caravana weekend yeah right i told you i knew you were gonna and that was with the horses outside yeah i told you (laughs) that was that was that was that was probably i would say probably one of the biggest parties yeah toronto had ever seen no that was crazy and remember circa was uh i think it was a three-level club yeah and it was had escalators and all type of Everything. crazy things in there. Yeah, I was I was actually at that event. Yeah, and the funniest thing about it, Circa had a lot of doors and rooms and stuff. I don't know who told me to go open this door. I opened the door and it led me into a hallway. Yeah, and then the door closed behind me. But <laughs> it was one of those doors that didn't have a handle. Yeah. On it. So when it went, it closed. Now I was stuck. I was I was stuck in the hallway like, inside the club. Yeah. So it was crazy. If I went downstairs, the police was like show, telling everybody they had to move from the front of the club because over capacity. Yeah. So I'm stuck. It's like, what do I do? You know who came? I kept banging on the door, banging on. You know who opened that door for me? Uh. It was Future the Prince. Oh yeah. That time. oddly enough, yeah. Right? <laughs> that opened the door. Yeah. And it's like, why are you going in this door? This nondescript door. Did you put something in there? Yeah. Don't go in there. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I remember circa that was. Yeah, that, that was, was probably big the biggest party. And yeah, we had, we had to close the doors, lock yeah. the doors. We had to line up in the front of the building, in yeah. the back of the building. We had 4,000 people inside. Yeah, I remember. We oversold. We had, it was actually Elephant Man, yeah. Tory Lanes. Yes. Um, Hold on, Tory Lanes at that time? Yeah, it was Tory, it was, it was, Tory Lanes was hot. No, pardon yeah. me, Tory Lanes. Yeah. Um, what's Buddy's name there, man? Trey Songs? Trey Songs. Trey Songs, pardon yes, me. that yeah. was it. Yeah. It was Trey Songs. Yeah. Fabulous. Yes. And Elephant Man. Yes. yes. Black Chinese. Yes. Yes. Um, LeBron James came there at that okay. time. That was right when LeBron yeah. was first starting out as well. Okay. This is years ago. Yeah. And um, everybody was there. Yeah. Director X was there. Yeah. Raekwon from Wu-Tang was yeah. there. It was just, it was just a it mess. Was, it was, it was a, because remember, that was, were you, what name were you playing under? Was it government? Was it white boy? At, was it Vertex? What name were you under at that time there? At that time, I th- it was, I think it was white boy. It might have been with Vertex though. Okay. So that was in between the government White boy going into Vertex. Vertex. Yes, because you guys had created such a super frenzy those times yeah. that it was everybody wanted to be there. Yeah, for you sure. I mean? and that, and that everybody. Was, I would say probably that was probably one of the craziest yeah. parties that we had. Was that around the same time like Windsor Sports Weekend also? Um, yeah, it would have been around yeah. those times as yeah. well because I was doing Windsor Sports Weekend yeah. for, uh, you know, I think it was five or six years oh, yeah. steady. I, I remember. You and everything remember? was flying really yeah. at those times. That was... When you look back at those times, what do you, what do you feel? Do you feel like holy smokes? Look what I did! Yeah, no, you know for I mean? sure, definitely. Like I, I look back sometimes, and I'm like, you know, we had some crazy turnouts and some insane, and it's and, and it makes it even more memorable now because it's not happening as easy yeah. as it used no, to. No, like not it, at all. It used to happen so easy yeah. that sometimes it wasn't appreciated as much, even by us. Like I would I would do government, yeah. and I would get fifteen hundred people, and that would be a bad night. Of course. So I remember, <laughs> I remember, I forgot who did the dance in government and they got like a thousand people and that was laughable. Yeah. A thousand people is laughable. Yeah. 
You know, now if you're getting a thousand, you're more than happy to for sure roll with that. But we, at that time, there one thousand people in government was nah. laughable. Yeah, we were doing nineteen hundred. You know, we were doing winter wonderlands yeah. and the fireamas I, and. I was doing baby sham yeah. and cool house with 2,300 yeah. people. It was just, it was easy. It was, yeah. I'd be doing a party every six, yeah. six weeks. <laughs> those, it was sweet. You guys were the first ones that I seen where advanced tickets those times, I think, were $20. Yeah. And when you actually got to the club, this was with no artists, no nothing. It was $40 to get into that Oh, club. for sure. And we've, and we're talking, this is, oh man, how long has government been closed now? This has been a hot minute. Like four years, five years? Yeah, forty dollars yeah. to get in. Yeah, and people were paid. Yeah, well, that's that. That was always my thing. I was never really too keen on doing um, parties with artists. Yeah, because I always thought, and I still do to this day. Yeah, artists just come, take your money, and go home with a smile, yeah. and you're yeah. sitting there with dust in your pockets. You're, you're just trying to, to for you to make an extra two thousand five hundred or whatsoever. Yeah, I had to spend all of this. So really, is it worth it? Exactly. You know so I mean? my thing was more take the guys that are hot. Yeah. Take the white boy, the black reaction, the mm-hmm. Steeny, the you know the legacy, the John Jay. Mm-hmm. Put them all in the room one, and hire the promoters, and yeah. let's just kill it. Yeah. And we used to do all those numbers without an act. We yeah. we would actually do bigger parties yeah. with just DJs yeah. from Toronto than guys would do when they're bringing celebrities and you artists from out to, of town. We were we were there. You yeah, know what I mean, we would be at government on a Friday with what you guys are doing, and then go back to Cool House on a Saturday. And they're not getting those same numbers. Not at all. And this is with an artist, a sound from Jamaica, wherever they're coming yeah, from. Yeah. And they were not getting those numbers. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? And again, you touched on something. You guys, promoters were around before, yes, but you guys really brought that promoter game to light. Yeah. With ticket cuts, um, web tiles, and all the stuff. You guys invented that. Yeah, we did. Before it. that, that did not exist. No, it wasn't that was happening. non-existent. Exactly. You know what I mean? At one time, that was what everybody was balling about. If you weren't in that white boy camp, mm-hmm. everybody outside was crying their face. Oh, out. for sure. Yeah, yeah. Vex. Yeah, yeah. Vex. <laughs> it's like, hey, who's he? But bro, like, you were smart. You were actually making the flyers. Yeah. You know what I mean? So then to make the web tiles for all of these people was nothing because you had the template already. Exactly. And you were making the flyers. Definitely. How, how did you even come up? How did you come up with something? It's so, it was so simple, but brilliant yeah. because again remember we didn't have the instagrams or anything to put it on so at those times it would only be like your bbm yeah or sometimes i think facebook was just coming coming in. out of those so times. it would be your display picture yeah. on facebook but mostly that was bbm for sure you know what i mean yeah yeah no people 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 were more excited to to let people know that they were a part of it and not just put it out and has my name on yeah. it. So I'm like, you know what? Let me just yeah. put your name on no, it and that make you was, feel blessed bro, about it. That was probably one of the most brilliant things I've ever seen anybody come yeah. up with. Because after for a long time, you guys had that unlocked. And then you've seen, okay, you know what? Other parties started to do it where that became the standard. Oh, for sure. That was the norm. If Definitely. you're not doing that, you're not thinking there. To this day, there's still remnants of that hanging around. Yeah, well, I still see them. You they're still all I mean? doing it. You yeah. know what I mean? Birthday tiles yeah. and promoter web tiles yeah. and the whole shebang. So... And and you know that's why we've had to step it up now and now start videos and yep. now everyone's starting to, to transpire into the video so now it's like what's next you know when you guys I remember when you were as um this was for the short time when you were as Vertex yeah when you would put out the CDs yes that exactly. was the hottest thing on the road oh for sure yeah we would um we would actually cut every dub play yeah <laughs> at that time well, you every dub play. invented. It was weird because dub plate was a hardcore dancehall thing. Yeah. That real 
rub-a-dub man them know. Yeah. But for you guys to bring that in a downtown younger environment, and that's what the people them want to hear. Yeah. That in itself was amazing again. For sure. You know what I mean? What we, what we would do is we would try to avoid the the um, the clash angle of it. Yeah. So there would be really no gun talks, and I'm gonna shoot you, and yeah. you know, like the sound. It's clash just thing. it's just it's just the sound. Song? With vertex in it, in it, so you're inundating the people with your name. That's yeah, what so people name. are like, "Why did it just say white boy's name in the song? And Why did Movado just say that?" And to them, remember, they don't know because you're dealing with such a younger crowd that has no clue what this is. Yeah. So then that right there, if you were, if you were on five before, you're now gone to twenty for sure because people are like, "Holy smokes, Movado said your yes, name." You know what exactly. I mean? Exactly. And we weren't switching the lyrics yeah. so that it was throwing them off. Mm, it's the exact same thing, just punching. Exactly. Sounding. So we could actually yeah. play them in the club. Yeah. Because we would just mix them and yeah. it would be the same thing as if you're hearing a 45. Yeah. Because the words wouldn't be changed. I wouldn't change the rhythm. Yeah. I would keep it on the same rhythm. Same rhythm, just putting the na- our names in it. Exactly. And, day. and then, like you said, we'd make the CD, yeah. print 3,000, and not bro, even sell them. Just get them give away. Give them up, bro. I rem- I, listen, mm-hmm. I, I'm so happy that I actually lived through these times yeah and actually experience it because those times were amazing mm, in great. the city because remember all of this a lot of stuff what we're talking about bef- right now is pre-drake and yeah. when i say pre-drake remember when drake weekend justin bieber came out toronto completely changed yeah you know what i mean but you guys had a toronto movement before these guys were around oh for sure and remember people weren't too keen on toronto we all almost wanted to be like we're from new york yeah and for you guys to say toronto and make it firm and i'm saying this is before we have anybody on that world stage yeah that is amazing yeah for sure it was definitely it was definitely dope and like you said earlier we went to to jamaica we did fully loaded as vertex yeah and we killed it we actually won fully loaded yep and then as a result of that, like that enabled me to go other places too and yeah. travel as Vertex. And yeah. I ended up going to, to Geneva and Switzerland and I did all the cities in Italy and then I did uh, Germany. I, I did Passa Passa in Germany yeah. in the middle of the day with yeah. like thousands of people as far as you can see. Yeah. And they were all white people, but that, it was just reggae music. That's, when you say that was one of your most memorable moments in the business yeah as a dj i would i would say one of my traveling moments that was definitely one of them yeah, yeah. like going going over there and people not even knowing one word of english yeah. and coming and asking me for autographs and me playing in front of two thousand italian yeah. people yeah. not even one yeah. black person you know? <laughs> and, and they don't know you're not, music that you're they just know play. the song they yeah. know the beats but they yeah. don't even know how to talk english yeah and you know, and it was just it was those were some crazy experience yeah. experiences. And along the way, it was dope because I was able to see the Leaning Tower of Pisa. Yeah. You know, the in all Rome, I was of, able to see the stadium. Yeah, I was able to be on the autobahn. I've seen everything: Amsterdam, the red light district, all yeah. because of music. You know? That's that's amazing. So if you're just tuning in right now, we're talking to Canada's number one reggae and dancehall club DJ, DJ White Boy. So let me ask you right now: with the current state of the business right now. Mm-hmm. Do you see there like another couple of super DJs coming up after you guys? And when I say after you guys, you're the crop of white boy, infamous, um, fire kid Steeny. We're not talking Steeny. We're talking fire kid Steeny. Yeah. Steeny was before also, but the fire kid Steeny. Mm-hmm. The black reaction was before, but they got into into your realm also. Because yeah. I would say you were from the... 2000 and up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Before that was the King Turbos and Red Flames. Yeah. You know what I mean? So do you see anybody coming up after you guys to say, okay, we're going to hold the DJ 
the DJ banners right now or the DJ flag and say, yes, we have Canada on our back or Toronto on our back? I don't know if anybody's actually going to be able to get to that plateau. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a few DJs that are out there that they're good DJs. Um, But I don't think that the drive Mm -hmm. and the resources as well as maybe even the want for it is there or in them as it was when we were growing up. Like with everything, like I said, I think this whole conversation, like there's no all ages parties for these kids to be playing at so they can't get in touch with people to see their craft or see their to skill. Build, to, build their, to build their community. So, okay, you guys rode with me for two, three years, so then now let's go over to exactly. 19 plus. You know what I mean? And even if they show their talent on their social network, yeah. how are they getting to the people to follow them on yeah. their social network to appreciate what they're doing? It's just, it's just not happening. And luckily for us, and, and knock on wood, and we've been talking about it for a long time, it's like we've been able to be relevant yeah. where we are, I think, for so long, especially now as we yeah. get older. Mm-hmm. And it's not just in the reggae scene, but like the Dr. J's and the, the Bandits enter- and Steve. The entertainment. The, the older guys are yeah. still carrying the torch because there's no one that's really come up to hand it to yeah. that's able to do that. To say, okay, here, it's your turn. Yeah, and yeah, you know what? I mean? They're doing 1,500 people. They're yeah. doing 2,000 people. There's not really... A lot of that that's out there. But what I see is, though, even though there's really, we can't see anybody coming up, mm-hmm. I still feel people like you are still going hard, even though there's nobody in your rear view mirror yeah. to catch up. Because when there's somebody in your rear view, you go harder, you know. But if you don't see anybody, uh, you start to relax and stuff. So what keeps you still going so hard after all this time <clears throat> right here? Well, and I think me and you talk about it. Like sometimes I get into a, a mode where I kind of just course, coast. Like, of course. you know, I go hard and then mm-hmm. I kind of coast for a little while. Mm-hmm. And then, I don't know, something just kicks me in the ass or yeah. I might go away. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you get things in, in order in your life and you just, you're ready to go again. Yeah. You get some ideas, you want to freshen up yourself and go yeah. at it. But the overall hardness, I tell people all the time, it's not really something where, from my experience at yeah. least, with the with the you can be a DJ, sure. Yeah. You can go DJ you can go and DJ Friday and Saturday mm-hmm. and work during the week, you know, and yeah. do it that way. But if you're not full time, seven days a week, three hundred and sixty five days a year, twenty four hours a day into this, yep. you can get left behind so with fast. the snap of a finger. So quick. Because everything's moving so everything's quickly. moving. And you have to invest that passion where it's not like you're leaving Luxie on a Friday. So to sleep a couple hours to go to work yeah. on Saturday morning. Yeah. Buddy, I will sleep until, like you, you'll probably sleep until 9 o'clock that day to get up, to shower, to go back to Exactly. Luxie. And you don't, you, and the thing is, it, it goes back to the word that you said earlier, is like relationships. Mm-hmm. It's like I hire a lot of guys mm-hmm. when I do my events. But then equally, I rely on certain guys to hire me when I'm not doing my events. So it keeps you, it always keeps you in the loop. When I'm high and I got you, we're good. When I'm low, you got me, you pull me back up and we're always in this circle. And and then also like, you know, if somebody has something on a Tuesday or a Wednesday or a Thursday or Friday, it's it's important that you go out and support them. Of course. Because that drink and that conversation and that, them feeling love turns into a booking for you or turns into something that maybe you guys can do together to, you know, in the weeks coming forth. So, you can't just be the guy that comes to the party, collects a paycheck, and go yeah. home. It doesn't work no, no, like that no. anymore. And I, I see that you've you've always been. I've never seen you as that type of person. No, I've always you've always been active. Yeah. If white boy's not playing somewhere tonight, believe you me, he's if he's in the country, he's in some club somewhere supporting somebody. Yeah, I'm gonna. And, go, and he has a bottle, and people are drinking and having a good. time. Yeah, for sure. You know, what I mean? you know, and and sometimes even for me, it's hard because now, especially now, I run a Friday and a Saturday weekly. Yeah. Which. Theoretically, you know, I should be focusing on there. But when guys call me and say, yo, it's my birthday party. Can I book yeah. you? 
even though I should say no, yeah. I still go but and try and show the love because you yes, know what? That keeps you relevant, keeps you relevant. In, their, in their circle. Exactly. You know and I mean? at the end of the day, you know, you can't just put all your eggs in one basket because when that door closes, yeah. you need to have other options and, you know, you got to make sure that you're, you're working with everybody. Yeah. And that, and I believe you 100% because mm-hmm. that's what kept you here to this day. For sure. 100%. As I said, I see you sometimes you're in the hardcore circle. Then sometimes I see you over in the circle circle. And then you're over in the hip hop circle. You're just, you float amongst everybody. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's no real issue over here. If there's an issue, we'll smooth it out and keep it moving. For sure. And that's one of the best things possible. Yeah, you have to. You know what I mean? Definitely. So I think, I think that's the problem with the guys growing up. They, they didn't grow up around it. Yeah. They don't have the same maybe thought process of it. Yeah. And so caught up with the social media that I don't think... Instantaneous. They want it now. Okay, we're hanging out right now. Okay, if you can't do anything for me right now, I'm on to whoever I think can. Yeah, exactly. So coming up to replace, I don't know. I don't don't know what's going to happen with that. You don't really... So it's like basically the man and them are just going to go hard until there's nothing else to do. Exactly. You know what I mean? So then this is... Before we finish off, this is going to bring me to the last thing I want to talk to you about. Your birthday party. Yeah. Winter Wonderland. How long have you been doing it now? Ah, I've been doing, well, before I was doing my birthday under Firearama. Okay, it was it under Firearama. Yeah, it was under Firearama. Okay. But that was a joint partnership with yes. a bunch of us, yeah. and then we split our ways and went yeah. our ways. And that's so, where Winter Wonderland Yeah, so out of, out of the respect and just to, to yeah. avoid any complications, I'm like, let me try a new thing and yeah. call it Winter Wonderland. And I would say probably the last eh, six, maybe six, seven years. Six, seven? I think. Maybe, I could be wrong, but around that, I would yeah, say so. Yeah, because I remember the first Winter Wonderland was in government. Government, yes. And then it, you did a couple in government, and then you went over to Cool, cool House. House. Yeah. And then from Cool House, where did you go from Luxie. there? Luxie. To Luxie. Okay, so then, yeah, because that timeline makes about Yeah, makes about, about ten, six or yeah. seven. Yeah, yeah, give or take. Okay, and I know you have... Um, Again, we're 2018 now. You have your birthday party coming up again. Yep. So what date is it this year? January the 19th. And where's it going to be? Going to be at Luxie. In Luxie, yeah. And this is, how many years have you done in Luxie now? I think this is the third, if I'm this not mistaken. The third. I believe so. And what could they expect? Well, you know how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> if you can't drink, better you just stay home, stay you know? Home, we yeah. have a good time, man. Yeah. We got myself, Black Reaction, Specs, Fire Kid Steeny, uh, Infamous Sound, Capone, Purple City, Worm, Ricochet. Yeah. Um, we got a whole, we got a good cast and you know, like I said, it's, it's one of those things where I've been just going hard. So this yeah. year I kind of didn't really go as hard, yeah. but I'm pretty sure that we'll still have the same numbers. Yeah, no, Boots no. are booking, you know, it goes. It's Luxie and that's, remember, that's a number one Friday night in the city right yeah. now. Yeah, Friday, Friday and Saturday. And Saturday yeah. in the city in right the city now. for the most part, yeah. So then that's, and definitely you're, you're one of the main characters behind it and all. Yeah. So then definitely your birthday party is going to be a big smash. For sure. You know what I mean? So give them the date and location again. So January 19th, Luxie Nightclub. Yeah. You know, for info or booths or guest list, give me a call, 416-839-5694. Or check me out on my social networks, DJ White Boy B W O Y, on Instagram, Snapchat, email, www.djwhiteboy.com. Google me, White Boy, you'll find me. This guy Just is look smart. for the white guy. I'll, t- I'll <laughs> tell you the funny thing with it. I still have your Yahoo email. Yeah. And you still actually email me stuff from your Yahoo email. Yeah, well, I, that's my primary email, yeah. White Boy Matic. Yeah. Which is White Boy wow, Stereo Matic. Look at that. At yahoo.com. Yeah. And how long now have you had that email? 
Um, since I was <laughs> actually, yeah, since I was about 14. Yeah. I think before that I had one ladies boy at yeah. Gmail. I, <laughs> I mean, at hotmail.com. <laughs> yeah. Ladies boy. M- M- like, M- MSN days. Yeah. 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 And I, the funny thing with, I remember that one day. Yeah, <laughs> ladies boy. I mean? yeah. All right. So before we go, I want you to ask the listeners a question. They'll send in emails and they'll answer it and stuff like where they'll post it under the post. So ask them one question. It doesn't have to. It could be entertainment. It could be anything. But you get the last word before we leave. Question. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. That's a good. That's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> we actually. He's been. He's been laying everything out since we've been here. But we actually stunted him on something. Just as a, again, it could be anything. Anything. Uh, I guess I would probably the most memorable place they partied in Toronto. In Toronto. In between any years or just period? Just period. Period. All right. So you heard it there. That'll, get, that'll, that'll allow you to get a good tally chart yeah. with the Epiphany, the yeah. Paradise, the Zone One, the Jade, the Home Night Club, yeah. across the board, Rumors, yeah. Hype Spectrums Night Club. Spectrums if we're going Exactly. If you're going back to the 70s in your days. <laughs> Concert <laughs> Hall with Ron Nelson. Yes, at Party Center. Yes, yes. But yeah, yes. where was your most memorable club or venue that you partied at that you can remember? Where did you have the most memories in your days? And you heard it there from, as I said, Canada's number one reggae and dancehall club DJ, DJ White Boy. This is Muscle for the Two Lines Music Hut Entertainment Report podcast. Thank you for listening. Talk to you guys later. Bye.